Did you come with an open heart? Yes. Ready to receive? Expecting in faith? Expecting. Holy, Holy Spirit wants to teach us all some things this morning. We, we are continuing to explore about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Uh, we've been talking about this for the last several weeks, uh, what the baptism is about. If you've missed some of these messages, some of the earlier ones, we're explaining the differences in the various baptisms that Scripture mentions. We're talking about the baptism of the Holy Spirit uh, as found in the book of Acts on the day of Pentecost uh, and what happened on the day of Pentecost when God poured out His Spirit on all flesh. And what Scripture says about this gift, and we are talking about the gift that goes along after salvation yeah. of having a heavenly prayer language of praying in, in the Spirit, praying in other tongues, and seeing the importance of it. What is the importance of it? And, and we know that people have a lot of questions about it. This has been a controversial subject for hundreds of years, really. It really wasn't controversial in the early church. It was quite common in the early church. But now, as you know, I think people have developed a mental block over it. There's been a lot of teaching. We, we spoke about some of this in seminaries or uh, teaching that these gifts are, have ceased. So there's a question in people's mind. Well, has the gift of the Holy Spirit, the infilling of the Holy Spirit after salvation did that cease with the last apostle? When the last of the 12 apostles died, did that gift die along with it? <laughs> or, you know, is being born of the Spirit the same as being filled with the Holy Spirit? Come on, though. Will I open myself up to the demonic? Some people are thinking that. What's the benefit of, of having a prayer language? Why should I seek the baptism of the Holy Spirit? You know, Jesus said he would send the promise of the Holy Spirit he said, I, this, I'm going to send you the promise that my Father made mm -hmm. of the Holy Spirit. So does Jesus still want us to seek the baptism of the Holy Spirit today? I guess if, he's, if that word is still true, yep. and he's the same yesterday, today, and forever, then that alone should be, that's probably the biggest question that we need to ask. Does Jesus still want me to seek the baptism of the Holy Spirit today? That's the best question. What does he say about it? What does this word say about it? And when we get our spiritual eyes open to it, when, we, when you approach the Word of God in faith and honesty and just genuineness and you read it for what it says, I think it's very plain to yes. see that this, the gift of the baptism is still available for believers today. God's never withdrawn uh, the, the infilling of the Holy Spirit. So we've been spending several weeks around the subject because it takes time to see what the Bible says about it. And our hope and prayer is that this is not the only time you're thinking about it. But you take right. what we're saying, you're making some notes to yourself, or you're bringing a Bible and you're highlighting places in it so you could go home later on and say, now where was that? And begin to talk to God about mm -hmm. it. Uh, because faith comes by hearing. And hearing not what necessarily people are saying, but hearing, unless I'm preaching the word of God to you, then faith will come through that word. But the scripture says faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. This is where we find the word Amen. of God. So let's just pray before we begin. Father, we come today. Um, we come in your holy presence and we, God, we know you are good and you're kind and you're merciful to your children and you are the same yesterday, today, and forever. And your word has said, if we ask and we seek and we knock, the door will be open to us. And so that's what we're doing today. You, you told us if earthly fathers know how to give good gifts to their children, how much more 
will your heavenly Father yes. give the Holy Spirit to those who ask? And so we're asking, Lord, we're asking you to teach us, Holy Spirit, today through the power of your word. And we promise, Lord, to not just be hearers of your word, mm-hmm. but to be doers That's of right. your word. Because you say that it's the doers who are the people who become blessed. And so we pray all these things in Jesus' name. Yes. Amen. Amen. All right. So the book of Acts contains, it contains the history, the details, the stories of the church, the beginnings of the church. When, uh, the, and and the, really the miraculous power that began to spread through the church once the Holy Spirit was poured out. So the church was born on the day of Pentecost in Acts chapter 2 when God poured out his spirit on all flesh. And like I said, he continues to do that today. He continues to pour out his spirit on all flesh to anyone who will open up their heart mm-hmm. to desire to receive. And, and I just want to say the word, when we say he's, the church was born on the day of Pentecost, the church in the Greek, that word is ecclesia. It means called out ones, called out from the world for God. So we are, the church is not a building. Come on. The church is like, a, we, we are to become a holy temple for God. The body of Christ. So we're called out of the world. We're called out for a purpose. To make him known. Yes. Right? To make him known to a lost and dying world. Jesus said, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. And thank God for yes. that promise. So don't think of the church as a building that you come to every week. If you're a believer, you're a part of the body of Christ. It is a holy temple. And so he's, when he says, I'll build my church, he's going to build his people. Right. Right. He's going to build us so that the gates of hell will not prevail against the church. And so to do that, we need some power, right? <laughs> Luke 24, 49 says, this is up on your PowerPoint. And behold, I'm sending the promise of my father. This is Jesus before he ascended back into heaven. Mm -hmm. He said, and behold, I'm sending the promise of my father, where? Upon you. But stay in the city until you are clothed with power from on high. And then 10 days after Jesus ascended back into heaven, on the day of Pentecost, the Holy Spirit was poured out on about 120 disciples in that upper room. They had been waiting. They had been in faith. They were in unity. They were praying, expecting what the promise was. And they were all filled, it says, supernaturally with the Holy Spirit as he was poured out. And they spoke in other tongues. Yes. They spoke, it was a supernatural experience. They spoke in tongues they did not understand. But the Jews that were in Jerusalem at the time for Pentecost understood. And it was a witness to them of the power of God. And 3,000 people got saved that day. Yes. <laughs> That's a great day. So the same disciples then who were kind of quaking in fear in that upper room for right. fear of the Jews, they were, you know, they were for fear of being identified with Jesus, suddenly were empowered to go out and speak boldly the message of salvation and proclaim the risen Christ. And they had power to perform miracles right. in order to prove that God was who he was. To have miracles. And even, uh, I, I, I say the power of the Holy Spirit is that heavenly language. It's the power to open us up to the supernatural things of God. And it also is power to live an unselfish life. 
because these people lived together very unselfishly. If you read beginnings of the book of Acts, they gave all of their things to one another mm -hmm. to be shared. They were able to withstand brutal persecution as the church through persecution began to spread and the message was still spreading like wildfire, but there was a lot of persecution. Even martyrdom yes. they experienced. But this is why Jesus said in Acts 1.8, this, this is again, he told them this in Acts 1.8, but you will receive what? Power. That's right. When the Holy Spirit has come upon you. Why? And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. So they were enabled by the power, that word power there, you shall receive power in the Greek. We looked at that last week. Dunamis, it means divine miracle working power. So you have, when you're born of the Spirit of God, you do have divine miracle working power from the Holy Spirit on the inside of you. Yes. And I believe when we... Ask God, fill me. Because how many of you know, you could, you could, just like what Jason was saying, you know, you could know some things about God, but it, it may not make a big difference in your life. You have to stir up the gift that we've been given. And when you approach the Holy Spirit and say, I want everything you have yes. for me. I want to be filled. I want, to, I, want, I want the fire of God in my life because I'm not satisfied with just having this humdrum living just a natural experience. When you come to God that way, that's what the baptism of the Holy Spirit is about. Amen. This is why Jesus called it a baptism of fire. Yes. <laughs> and fire has this sense of passion to it. Yeah. We yeah. want to be riled up for God. Come on. You know, the world is getting more and more riled up about what they believe. Let's be people who are riled up for the things of God. Yeah. And so when you open the book of Acts, you quickly see the, the disciples... Great dependency yes. on the Holy Spirit to lead them, to guide them, to speak to them, to have their, His power flow through them, to equip them to do the things, to bring the manifestation of the kingdom of God's reign into the earth. Remember the Lord's Prayer? Come on. Our Father who art in heaven, holy is your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We need the power of God to bring the kingdom in the manifestation in the earth. Amen? That's so it's right. available. This is what we're talking about. And our, again, our prayer is that as we speak about this, something on the inside of you is stirred up to say, I'm going for it. Yes. I, because you, it's, the point is, is that it, it takes faith to do this. It, it's, a lot of times it's more on us than it is on God. Because we always are waiting for it to see it, and then I'll believe it. Well, that's not Bible faith. You know, the Bible declares in, in Acts chapter 10, verse 38, that Jesus went about, he was anointed by the Holy Spirit and went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed of the devil. For God was with him. The Bible declares that God is with you. That God is with you. But I, I don't know why we would put certain things on the shelf that God offers. Uh, I don't want that. I want this. You know, this isn't a buffet line. Uh, Jesus said, you're either all for me or you're against me. And so we have to judge ourselves in this very same thing. And the, you've, you've got to understand that the disciples, when the things were going on in the book of Acts, they were also reminding themselves of what ha was happening with Jesus. Uh, yeah. The same miracles were happening. The lame were walking. The blind were seeing. Deaf were hearing. Uh, people were being raised from the grave. 
in the book of uh, Luke, the gospel of Luke, Jesus anointed his followers as 12 and sent them out. And he told them, go preach to the children of Israel because the gospel was first presented to the children of Israel. And then he says, go and really, in a sense, what he's saying is manifest the kingdom. The kingdom is here. The kingdom is within you. Manifest the kingdom. See, this is what Christianity is so spiritual that we've, we've been so dulled down by the natural that we don't believe it. Mm-hmm. And that's why we're continually trying to build faith in you so you can make the jump from the natural realm to the spiritual realm. Because it's in the spiritual realm that everything that we see exists. God spoke this into existence. This wasn't here before God spoke. The spirit realm creates the natural realm. And when we start to get that right, then we can start operating in the things of God the way he wants us to operate in the things of God. Jesus then sent another 70 out. Luke chapter 10. And they were doing the exact same thing. Healings, miracles, expressing. They told, Jesus says that when you heal, you go into, a, into his village and you heal the sick there, just tell them that the kingdom of God has come near you. Mm-hmm. If you're born again, the kingdom of God is within you. Yeah. So now what we have to do is ask the Holy Spirit to teach us how to manifest that kingdom. Yeah. Because I don't want to be dull and stand before Christ one day and said, all this was available to you. You did nothing with it. You know, Jesus got mad at his disciples. Remember that time he says, how much longer do I have to put up with you? <laughs> you know what? I'm sure he has said that to me. All of us. But I don't want to keep hearing it, doggone it. Just like a parent. Do I have to say this again? But the 70 returned and said, even demons are subject to us in your name. Yeah. That's the power of God. That's the power of God that you and I have right now. That's the anointing of the Holy Spirit that is within us, within us. And then remember when Jesus says to the disciples, hey, I'm going away. Uh, uh, It's better for you that I do go away. Uh, They're going to kill me. And then the third day I'm going to raise again from the dead. Well, the disciples only heard they're going to kill me. (laughs) And they're flipping out because they're thinking, Oh my God, here goes the power, here goes the Messiah, here goes everything. You know, we're supposed to turn the world upside down. He's leaving us. What are we going to do? And even Peter says, this isn't going to happen. (laughs) And because the disciples didn't understand that he had to go and pay the price for our sin first. So that the kingdom of God can come inside of us. Yeah. And praise God. And so they were upset about the whole thing. They were upset because they were thinking that everything that we're, we just gave everything up to follow you. And now you're saying you're going to die? <laughs> this isn't working out. This isn't the right way to go. <laughs> but Jesus said to them in John 14, that says, I'm not going to leave you. Yeah. I'm not going to leave you as an orphan. I'm sending the Holy Spirit to you. Yeah. And, and it's the paraclete. It's the same kind. 
Exactly. If you've got an apple and an orange, those are two different things. If you've got two oranges, they're, they're the same. So Jesus is saying, just like me, my spirit is going to come within you, going to guide you, going to teach you, just like yeah. what I was doing for you because the Holy Spirit is the teacher and the guide. Yeah. And now remember what was happening in the book of Acts? The same stuff they saw Jesus do. Yeah. And then John, I think this is on our uh, PowerPoint. Jesus said this in John 14. And, and this is what you have to allow to sink into your heart. Because we read these things and we let it fly. Yeah. Or we scoff at it. Which is, Just yes, so forgive yeah. it. Which is, if you scoff at this, yeah. it's sin. Yeah. It's sin. Jesus said this. It's, here's, here's Jesus. He's the way, the truth, and the life. Now, Jesus has to say truly, truly here. You know why yeah. he has to say that? Because we're dull. Yeah. I mean You're it. dull. I mean it. I'm yeah. dull. Yeah. He's, yeah. <laughs> there you go. He says, truly, truly, I say to you. Listen to what he says. Whoever believes in me will also do the works that I do. And greater works than these he will do. Yeah. Because I'm going to the Father. Yeah. We read the book of Acts. See, now, you know, you're going to read that. You're not going to just get it. You won't even get it just because I said it either. You're not going to get it because Jesus said it and you read it once. You have to spend time, energy, and you have to avail yourself to this. Yeah. You have to get your hands on people and pray for them. Anybody have kids here? I promise you they're going to get sick. They're going to get colds. They're going to hurt themselves. You need to just, instead of go to the doctor right away, you give them a Tylenol, or you, if you have to bandage them up, I would suggest you do that first. <laughs> but you pray for them. Yes. Believing God. Believe Him. You believe Him before you see it happen. Yes. Yes. And you believe till the end. So we see the power of God fall on the day of Pentecost for his disciples, 120 in the upper room, including women. And, and Jesus, Mother Mary. So you could tell your Catholic friends that you believe more than about what happened with Mary than you do. Because we, we speak in tongues here. <laughs> but that power gave them boldness of speech, didn't it? Pastor Mamie yeah. just reiterated what the Bible says. They were all hiding in the upper room. They were afraid of, of being persecuted themselves. They're thinking they're going to get killed. The day of Pentecost comes, and here they come, bold as a lion, stepping out and speaking about, I mean, we looked at some of the messages that Peter spoke of, and he's in the face of the Pharisees saying, you killed the prince of life, yeah. and you asked for a murderer instead. Yeah. I mean, That's tell me that doesn't this, prick your yeah. heart. Yeah. You know, and that's exactly what the Holy Ghost does. He pricks your heart. Because he's going to convict us of our sin so that we don't stay in it. Yeah. Because if we stay in our sin, if we stay in our unbelief, that scripture we just read in John 14 isn't going to happen. Because there's a power to sin. And it'll blind you. And you won't step into the things of God. But you see their fiery passion, their consecration to the mission of, that Jesus had put before them. Yeah. You see the supernatural power of God at work through them. The same type of miracles that Jesus did when they followed him around. Yeah. 
And then Paul says this. He says, my message didn't come to you just in word only. Look at what it says here in Corinthians. He's telling the Corinthian church this. 1 Corinthians 2.4, he says, My speech and my message were not with plausible words of wisdom. I wasn't so eloquent that you were just impressed by my flabbergasting mouth. He says, but in demonstration of the Spirit and power. Demonstration of the Spirit and power. And why don't we see this in our day? I'll tell you right now, we don't see enough. And I'll tell you the number one reason is because of our unbelief. Yes. You don't spend enough time in the Word, believing, meditating on these things, and asking the Holy Spirit to help you believe. Yeah. We just read it and say, or maybe you don't even read it. You'd come here and this is all the Word you get. Well, you're going to get exactly that. Flatlining. You, you, you know, do you think Jesus is happy with this? He, he went to the cross. He was tortured for this. Men and women lost their lives to give you this. Mm-hmm. The Bible declares much, who much is given, much is required. Yeah. Whom much is given, much is required. Anybody got a cell phone? Yeah. Well, how many virgin, versions of the Bible can you pull up? Uh-huh. Does that mean that you've been given much? Yes. Sure does. Mm-hmm. And so does that mean you can skate through things? No, no it doesn't. Neither am I. I mean, uh, listen, I get convicted over this sometimes. There are times when I'd rather watch a game, you know? But the Holy Ghost is just saying, hey, tap, tap, tap. Did you pray today, Steve? Yikes. No. You invited me in on this, even watching this game with you? Yikes, no. It's like, see, he wants to be your friend. Jesus says, I don't call you servants anymore. I call you friends. And that means he wants an intimate relationship with you and with me. Because if we have this intimate relationship with him, guess what we're going to be able to do? We're going to be able to follow him. We're going to be able to do what he's asking us to do. And Jesus just said that the works that he did, we can do also. And greater works than these because he went to the Father. Is Jesus on with the Father? He said in his right hand. So is everything laid out for us to start doing this stuff? Yeah, except our faith. And that's what we're doing yeah. here. We want to stir, stir our faith. Yeah. And we see this stuff happen on the mission field. We get reports. A, a, a brother of ours is in India, and he's seeing thousands. Of, what was it? 45,000 people came to Christ in one of his messages. And, and deaf ears are popping open. Just He's not even touching them. He's not laying hands on them. He's just preaching the gospel. And the Bible says in Mark 16, verse 20, it says, the Lord will confirm his word with signs following. Listen, we've got to start to believe this because these are desperate times. If you don't think they are, you you are dull. You're dull. But these people in the third world countries, guess what? They're not getting a check in the mail. A stimulus check? They're not getting a stimulus check. (laughs) <laughs> they don't even drink water that's clean. Yeah. Yeah. Listen, listen you know, to medical me. Medical they, Yeah, they're, they're not going to the, what do you call it, MediQuick? Quick, yeah. quick, quick yeah. fix? Whatever, I don't know what. <laughs> Something like that. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's why they've got to believe God. Yeah. Uh, they, yeah. You know, they're not going to the grocery store, folks. 
They're not going to the grocery store. If they don't find something to eat, they're going without. There's desperation. There's thirst for more God because that's all they have. We've got to understand, we're living in a country that is... People would cry from third world countries to come here. Yeah. You, why, do want, why does everybody want to come here? Because this is the land of plenty. Yeah. But there's a double-edged sword to that too. Yes. I mean, yeah. I can go down here. I'm going to get some Aldi's. I'll go get some lamb chops and this and that. Well, you know what Abraham had to do? He had to go to his flock and kill one. You want lamb chops? Well, come on. It's about a three-hour process. No, I just want to unwrap it. (laughs) Can somebody else cook it for me? (laughs) We do have so much blessing. And that, you're talking about desperation. It's interesting. No wonder Jesus said in the Sermon on the Mount, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. There's something of a blessing to have a sense of desperation for God. Yes, come on now. And here in America, yeah, it is like a double-edged sword because we're blessed with so much, we don't feel the desperation unless something, unless we bump up against something in our life that we feel like, I don't have any natural resources, I don't even have, like the medical system says, we don't have any answer for you. Then we tend to start looking to God, like, please, God, help me. But like, we were looking at some statistics, this is from 2016, if you have just a refrigerator with some food in it. Some food. Not even full. Clothes on your back, uh, a roof over your head. I don't even care what it looks like, just a roof over your head, a bed to sleep in. You're actually richer than 75% of the world. Listen to this. It's like startling. Like if you have some money in your bank account, and I'm not meaning thousands and thousands of dollars. You have some money in your bank account. Spare change on your dresser. You got some, yeah, right. Some change on your dresser, you know, you have your wallet with some, some bucks in it. You're actually among, it says the 8% of the world's wealthy. Like you're richer than 92% of the world. I don't think we realize how poor the rest of the world lives. And even how harassed and persecuted you are. Now it's, it's like one out of eight or nine Christians yes. are, per, are badly persecuted Christianity is a religion that's becoming higher and higher. It's like the most actually persecuted yes, religion that's correct. on the planet. And it's getting worse. If it, you attend a church, for instance, it said without right. fear of harassment, arrest, being tortured, subscribe to the Voice of the Martyrs and just read their monthly magazine. It's a real eye-opener of what Christians around the world are suffering. Or death. If you attend a church where none of that is happening, which this is, this is us this morning. These are churches in America. Right. You are more blessed than 340 million Christians. No, 3 billion. In other, I was just looking this up. In other parts of the oh, world. okay. Yeah. So there are at least 350 or so million people, Christians around the world, that are suffering in torture, persecution, starvation even, rejection for their Christian faith. And we have to, we must. I mean, I know some of these things bring conviction. They should. They should. On our heart. Because here in the United States, we have a lot of believers. Like you said, we have Bibles everywhere. We have opportunities. We have churches everywhere. We have believers who can quote Philippians 4.13, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. 
But it's only really when you find yourself in a place of desperation and need do you find out in weakness. Do you really believe that? Yeah, come on now. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Paul wrote that from a prison cell saying, I can learn to be content. I understand what it means to have a lot and have nothing. Because most people, when they get desperate, I mean, you have one or two choices. You get mad, you get mad at God, you can Mm -hmm. quit, or you can get desperate for him and say, I know you have answers, and I'm going to press in. Yes. Because if we don't, you know, we, we become like the Laodicean church, which is just a, has a lukewarm spirit on it. So you could carry a Bible, you know, and you could have a bumper sticker. We don't want to be people like this. With I love Jesus on the back of my bumper sticker. It sounds good. It looks good. But you never let, really let yourself get in a place of yeah. desperation and need for God. You can kind of take it and leave it. When I feel like worship, I'll do it. When I don't, I won't. That's not desperation. <laughs> That's not the fear of the Lord. And it's so easy in the United States to just coast through your reliance on all your stuff. Correct. Material stuff, your own resourcefulness, your intellect, your job, you know, to have your income, your opinion. We can rely on our own opinion. Well, I don't think I, I like that. But it's like, will we submit to what the Word of God says? Come on, there you go. That's the key. And, and really walk this out in our own strength. And, and call it faith. We're calling it faith. We need more than bumper sticker right. faith. Yeah, we need more than bumper sticker faith, right. And this is why some of you don't bother to seek the baptism of the Holy Spirit because you're just okay with the way things are in your life. You're, I'm sorry to say it, but it's true. Because if you felt desperation and you felt like, no, I need this. I, my, I'm too lazy. I'm too lukewarm. I want you to fill me with your power. Something, I, something would happen more in your life. Yes. So it's a blessing to hunger and thirst for truth, for righteousness, to feel the need, to come to the place where it's like, I cannot fix this in my life. It may just be that God is orchestrating that moment in your That's life. That's correct, yes. So that you finally go, yes. I surrender. Like, I, I'm going for it. Uh, it's all of you and none of me. It, it's, it's, it's actually a blessing to find yourself in a greater need than your own human resourcefulness. Yeah. yeah. When there is nothing that you can do to bring yourself out of it. Exactly. Nothing. I mean, it's, it's a blessing. Yes, it what does James say? Count it all joy. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, you know, I'm still working on that, aren't you? Oh, yeah. <laughs> 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 Listen, none of us have arrived, that's for sure. <laughs> but we have to put our focus on God. We're in the end of the end times. And a deception is going to come on this earth, and it's started already. It's definitely started. And those people who are weak in their faith will be moved off of their faith. You'll be talked out of your faith. Yeah, it's just like so many people are talked out of the baptism of the Holy Spirit. You know that Jesus commanded, you read your Bible. He says he commanded them. What's that sound like? An option for you? Does it sound like an option for me? Does it sound like an option for anybody? No, it's not an option. But yet, too many people are saying, you know what? 
all that passed away. You know, it all passed away. Those, those disciples, they really needed it, but we... <laughs> <laughs> we're so advanced, aren't we? Yeah, we're so... We don't really need it, you know? You know, and it's... it's I mean, is, the, is that not an arrogant statement? Yes. I is. mean, really, let, let's get real with ourselves. Arrogant, right before a living God. Arrogant. Sounds kind of like Satan to me. Hmm. And Jesus warned the Laodicean church yep. of a lukewarm spirit. That he said, you know, you, 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 have, you say that you have need of nothing. You have money. We're you good. have influence. Yeah. You have status. status. Well, yeah. the church, we're good. We're good. Yeah, but it's I mean, interesting what Jesus said to them. Yeah, Jesus said in the spirit realm, you're wretched. Wretched. Wretched, poor, blind, and naked. Poor, blind, and naked. And then he says, here's the answer. Buy from me gold tried in fire. And if you know your Bible, Peter says, the trying of our faith is like gold being purified in fire. Yeah. That's why we can go back to what James says, is counted all joy that when you fall into temptations... And then it's why it is such a blessing to come to the end of yourself and all you have to do and rely on is God himself. Because when you cry out to him, his ear is attentive to you. Do you know that he loves you so much? Even when we rebel against him, he's still faithful to his word. He's still faithful to his word. This is a God that is amazing to us. He's just amazing. We can rebel all our lives, but yet we can call on him, and sure enough, what is he going to do? He's going to answer. You, you calling on me? <laughs> but so this how is do we key. do this in America? Yeah, how well, do you, there's how, a great How question. in America, when we have so much, how do we allow ourselves to feel desperate? Yeah, well... <laughs> Well, when you start to walk by faith in the things of God, I think God has a ways of just orchestrating our path. He does. I mean, he, 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 he calls us to lifestyle changes. For sure. You know, sexual purity. You know, we, we could get desperate when we hear about these things. It's like, no, I can't change this about my life. I have needs. I have, you know, it, it, there's a statistic, 2019 Pew Research said that Fifty-eight percent of white evangelicals said cohabitation is acceptable if a couple plans to marry. Almost sixty percent in the church. In the church. Do you know the Bible says that disobedience is the same as unbelief? Obedience is the same as faith. But there's a sense of desperation when we come to the end of ourselves. It's like, what am I going to do? Or, or just, we'll go on here. We're going to get to Acts 10 yet. Are we? But think about tithing. When we mentioned t- the subject of tithing, just letting God have control of your finances. Yikes. I mean, the early church was willing to give everything. When you read, read about the early church to meet the needs of others, I mean, they took giving to a whole other level. Amen. Right? And so, but mention tithing, and many people will instantly feel worried and desperate. No, I won't have enough. I think we all know what that sense is, right? And I, so, aha, you've just found a place of <laughs> a little desperation. bit of desperation. And, but this is how the believers across the world 
feel when they don't have enough money, they don't have enough food. And in their weakness, they're trusting God. There's a desperation there. Mm -hmm. And this is how we discover the faithfulness of God here in our country. So we're so blessed. And, we, and God, we said, people will make an excuse. Well, tithing is under the old covenant. We don't need to tithe anymore. Tithing's under the law. It passed away. How many of you have We intellectualize that? all of this stuff. We talk, we, it's an we, excuse, we, really, to just... Be, we pet our dragons why we don't have to believe God. See? It's like we don't want to feel desperate with our money, so it's like we can make excuses. Well, that, and, and then we side in with what makes us comfortable again. Yes. Because we're not really required to tithe. We're re- we get to tithe. That's really what it is. <laughs> Amen. Because it's a way to purify our heart of this idol of money that everybody bows down to. And there's a spirit behind it. We let the it. Lord be we Lord over our finances. There's and we a- use money to support the kingdom of God. And when you get God involved in your finances, then your finances are blessed. He says, seek first my kingdom and my righteousness and all these other things that we think we need will be added to you he'll take care of us and so you know bumper sticker faith like we say i love (laughs) jesus and i can do all things through christ who strengthens me is not going to make it in the days ahead so we want to look in the book of acts to just see what caused the early church to be so vibrant so stirred up in their faith do you want to be stirred up in your faith are you desperate for it are you okay with where you're at because if you're okay with where you're at, not much will happen. You, know, you have to make room for the Lord. If, you're, if we're filled up with ourselves and we're okay, and he says, I want to pour into you, well, maybe there's just this much to pour in, right? So if we, t- if we tell him, I'm going to empty myself, Lord, I don't even know what this means, but I want to be filled yes. with you some things will begin to happen in your life. Now, that's a great prayer right yeah. there. I don't even know what it means, Lord. Because we don't. And it's what was happening but he'll in, accept that in part the faith. book yeah, of so Acts. Let's, let's open up to Acts chapter 10. <laughs> Boy, we're not going to get there. Yes, we are. <laughs> Acts chapter 10. This, is, again, this yeah. is after the day of Pentecost. And at this point, do you understand that it was through Abraham that the blessings of God were going to be coming on the world. Abraham was the father of our faith. Abraham is also the father of uh, the nation of Israel. Jesus is a Jew. He came through that lineage. And at this point, the, the believers thought that it was only for the Jews. They didn't really remember all the scriptures that declared my house is a house of prayer for all nations, on and on and on. You'll find many scriptures that declare that this was for the Savior, Jesus himself, was for the, all people, anytime, any place. And there was this man named Cornelius who was a Roman uh, centurion, a, a soldier. He's a soldier. And he was a devout man. He, he knew uh, the God of Israel, he believed that he was the one true God, and he prayed and gave alms, and an angel appeared to him as he went to pray. Remember, as he went to pray, an angel appeared. We're going to see that frequently in the book of Acts, Yes, how many times prayer is tied to a supernatural experience for the people 
who are praying. Yes, and so at the it, it, he, ninth hour, three in the afternoon, well, okay. he's praying. He's, Verse three. Go ahead. No, go ahead. Yeah. Well, then an angel appeared to him, and he's telling Cornelius, "You're you're almsgiving." And then when he says almsgiving, he was helping the poor Jewish people. He would give his finances to help those people. He would pray. He honored God. He feared God himself. And all these things, the, this angel said, came up as a memorial about him. So God takes notice of the things we do to help people, what we do with our money. Do we care about the poor? He obviously, God obviously takes notice. So it's this a, angel was very specific in what he says. I want you to send to Joppa, which was 30 some odd miles away, and go to a house next to the sea. There's a Simon the Tanner owns the house, but Simon, who's surnamed Peter, uh, ask him to come and he is going to uh, tell you words that you can be saved. You and your whole house will be saved. So immediately, of course, it, it says there that uh, Cornelius was frightened when he saw the angel. I'm supposed that would happen to all of us. Yeah. If an angel came and appeared to us, I, I think our, our first reaction would be like, what? <laughs> it's like, yoey. But, so... Cornelius sends a devout couple friends and a soldier with him. And they find the house. And Peter, here's another thing. Peter, it's about noon, two days later. 30 mile, an hour, 30 mile trip. They had to walk, folks. They had to walk. Peter, noon, he's hungry. He's going up to the roof of the house to pray to pray. He falls into a trance. He sees a big sheet come drops down out of heaven and there's all sorts of animals that were considered unclean by the Jewish religious re, religion. And then I love this and all the hunters have it underlined in their Bibles. It says, <laughs> rise Peter, kill and eat. <laughs> And of course, Peter goes, no, Lord, uh, nothing's unclean or common has ever been in my mouth. And then this, this, this vision, this trance, this, this sheet coming down with all these animals in it happens three times. And then Peter hears this voice, don't call common what God has made clean. Don't call unclean what God yeah. has made clean. Yeah. And so he's contemplating this vision that he's had. And there's the guys at the gate saying, is there a Simon named Sir Peter, uh, Peter here? And God speaks once again to Peter and says, I sent these boys, go with them without questioning. And sure enough, they, Peter invites them in, they spend the night, and then two days later, they get all the way up to Caesarea. Yeah. And then he's, he arrives there, and what happens is Peter's at the door, Cornelius bows down, thinks he's a god, and Peter says, no, I'm just a man. Come on, stand up. Let's, you know, why did you send for me? And yeah. then he goes into the next room, and the, the place is full, full of people, all of Cornelius' friends, yeah. devout people that he personally knew, Gentiles. Now, a Jew wasn't even allowed to go into a Gentile house. Yeah. They weren't even allowed to be friendly with them. Right. 
This is an amazing event that has happened in the early church. And so Peter is kind of taken aback at everybody. So he starts preaching Jesus. And he tells Cornelius that these things that Jesus did weren't done in secret. Everybody knows of it. They, he, they crucified him, put him on a cross. He rose from the dead. We ate and drank with him after his passion. And what happens is at that very moment, they're all filled with the Holy Ghost. Filled with the Holy Ghost. Do you want to read the Go ahead. The I, I don't well, have it right. Sure where you want to go with verse 42. That's it. I mean, this is Peter, again, explaining some of the gospel message. Verse 42 of Acts 10, he says in each, he's talking about Jesus. Um, I'm going to go to verse 40, 41. 40, 41? But, well, 40. Let's, let's, but God raised him to life on the third day. <laughs> And caused him to be manifest. So he's telling the people, and he's telling Cornelius and the people in the room how they saw him after he rose from the grave. They're like, we saw Jesus after he died and resurrected. And in verse 41, not by all the people, but to us who were chosen beforehand by God as witnesses, who ate and drank with him after he arose from the dead. And he charged us to preach to the people and bear solemn testimony that he's the God-appointed God-ordained judge of the living and the dead. To him, all the prophets testify that everyone who believes in him, giving himself up to him, receives forgiveness of sins through his name. In verse 44, and while Peter was still speaking these words, the Holy Spirit fell on all who were listening to the message. Yeah, and the believers from the circumcised Jews who came with Peter were surprised and amazed. Why? Because the free gift of the Holy Spirit had been bestowed and poured out largely even on the Gentiles. Even on the Gentiles. 4 verse 46, they heard them talking in unknown tongues and languages and extolling and magnifying God. That's right. Verse 47. Verse 47, can anybody forbid or refuse water for baptizing these people, seeing that they've received the Holy Spirit just as we have? Just as as we we have. have. And he ordered that they be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. And they begged him to stay on there for some days. I can imagine. Please talk to us more <laughs> about this. And if you, if you go into chapter 11, when the apostles heard what happened, that the Peter went into a Gentile's house, 11 oh, verse at- 2, it says, so when Peter went up to Jerusalem, the circumcision party... The Pharisees. The Pharisees or the Jewish Christians found fault with him, opposing him and contending with him, saying, why'd you go to uncircumcised men and even eat with them? Keep reading. So there was a measure of racism going on. They separated themselves and they were hostile in spirit toward Peter. Yeah. I mean, cancel culture all the way back there. (laughs) Yeah. Yes, and racism back there, absolutely yes. racism. But Peter began this is to awesome. speak, and this is what's so important when we do have differences in the body of Christ. Let's just learn to be quiet and listen to each other. Yes. Hear, hear one another's story before we just cancel people out. Because if Peter begins to explain, verse 4, He's, he step by the, step. The trance. Yeah. He, he explains the trance that all these things come back down from heaven which symbolized that all men who fear God and do good everywhere, God accepts 
and has, wants them to be saved. And then when he goes and tells them that after he preached to them, the Holy Spirit fell on them and just like he did on us. And then all of a sudden they were quiet. Yeah. And here's because the key. Because of verse 15. Right. The, go ahead and read it. Verse 15 of that chapter says, this is Peter giving the explanation. When I began to speak, he's telling them this. When I began to speak, the Holy Spirit fell on them just as he did on us at the beginning. And then, this is Peter, he said, then I recall the declaration yes. of the Lord. He's thinking back. I just love it how Jesus told the disciples, the Holy Spirit will bring remind you. you and bring to your remembrance these things. So he said, then I recall the declaration of the Lord, how he said, John indeed baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit. And verse 17, and if then God gave to them the same gift as he gave to us when we believed... This is great. Who was I? Who, you know, who was I and what power of authority had I to interfere or hinder or withstand what God was doing? Now, see, there's the fear of the Lord. It's like, you have your opinion, you have your, what does God say? Like, I'm yes, not going to stand yes. in the way of God. And when they heard this, they were quieted. Those people had the fear of the Lord operating too. It was like, okay. I see God's doing this and we're just going, we're going to obey. When they heard this, they were quieted and made no further objection and they glorified God there saying, we are. then God's also granted to the Gentiles repentance unto life. You know, you're Hallelujah. all Gentiles. Yes, we're all we're, Gentiles. We're, we're all Gentiles. Yeah. Well, actually we're not because the Bible divides Jew, Gentile, and the church. You're, yeah. you're the church. Yeah. You're the church. His way, yeah. only His yeah. way, because your way, you know, heaven's not a democracy. Your opinion really doesn't count in heaven. It's, it's going to be Jesus ruling with a ro an iron rod, and we're going to obey Him. Yeah. And what He's asking us to do right now is to obey Him right now yeah. as we live our lives here. Yeah. We're in the school of life, really, with the Holy Spirit right now. He's our teacher. And he's been teaching us some things this morning. And if you are not filled with the Holy Spirit, come, please come up. Even, just, even if you don't want someone to pray with you this morning, you can still come up and get materials yeah, that we have up here. Because I say it again, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. So we have to open up our mind and our heart to what God is saying in his word. And this is so important that we understand that Jesus died on a cross to forgive us of our sins. Yes, give us a place in heaven. Yes, but the story is so much bigger than that. Yes, it is. You have purpose in your life. You have giftings in your life that God wants to bring forth and use in, a, in the midst of a local church, a local body, every part, a working gift every joint supplying. So Jesus didn't die on that cross and raise from the dead just to give you a ticket to heaven. Come on. Yeah, he really wants to make us like the wildfire, like dangerous out in the earth, like to go out into the earth spreading the gospel, doing the works of Jesus. He and wants so, us to be a Jesus freak. Yeah. And a threat to the enemy. Yes. And you need power to you do that. You need power to do that. And you need boldness to do that. 
So let's just bow our heads. Heavenly Father, I pray, Lord, we pray this, you know, that people are not hearing our voice when we're speaking, they're hearing you. And I know you've been speaking, Holy Spirit, ever since when we just walked in this building, as we began worship, your presence was here. I pray, Father, as we go forward in this church, Lord, that more and more people would surrender and fall down, just like we sang that song, that we're, we realize we're on holy ground, that we're walking with you. We are part of your body. We are a significant part. We, have, we each have purpose. But we're not called to do this alone. We're called to do this together as the body of Christ. And so I pray, Father, that you would empower those, especially those who are seeking and asking and knocking. Open the door, Lord. Let that holy fire of God, the Holy Spirit, Lord, fill them. Let that language come forth, Lord. The release of your spirit, like rivers of living water, flowing from the inside, flowing from your kingdom, from the throne of your kingdom. Oh, Father, I pray that these things would become more and more real to us in yes. the days ahead. That we would not draw back in fear and doubt, but we come boldly to you as your child. You are a heavenly Father. Jesus, you are the baptizer in the Holy Spirit. So we worship you, Lord. We pray this church is filled with your spirit. And if you've never we give an invitation for salvation, if you, if you don't know Jesus, if you've never had your sins forgiven, if you died today, you don't know whether you'd go to heaven. You don't know if you have a relationship with Jesus where you've trusted him to forgive you of your sin and make you new, cleanse you and make you a new creation. If that's you, salvation is a gift. You can't earn it or deserve it. It's only by the cross we come alive, as those words are. And so if you're at the sound of my voice, if there's anybody in here that wants to make Jesus the Lord of their life, it's a simple prayer. Pray it from your heart. The Lord will accept that prayer. Jesus, just Jesus, come into my heart. Cleanse me of my sin. Thank you for forgiving me. Make me a new creation. Yes. Fill me with your spirit and help me, Lord, to live for you from this day forward. And if you pray that prayer, Jesus came. Yes. To live on the inside of you. 